there. So, yeah, no. It's good. So just keep that in mind. You don't have to tell us right okay. now. Okay. No, I got it. All right. You want it? You want it? I know it. Is, well, it is and it isn't. I mean, <laughs> you could possibly bum, bum out hundreds of people, <laughs> which is. Really but that's funny. about. It. I mean, it's not thousands of people who are going to be bummed. So, all, all right. right, you ready to start? Good. Yeah. My name is Liam O'Donnell. I'm Josh Alvarez, and welcome to episode 26 of Cinepunks. I I, I love your enthusiasm for that microphone. It really Thank looks you. like you're at a show right I now. I feel as though it uh it mirrors my own bald head. That's fair. That is very fair. If I was Destro, this is what I'd look like. (laughs) So we're here here with Dan Fraga of Exhume Films, uh, also local teacher. Wait, you said what you taught and I already forgot. I teach in Haddon Heights, which is also But what is your subject? I teach English. English teacher. English teacher. Wow, you're that guy. Yeah. So do you work – I don't know why I'm already jumping into a question with you. But it just occurred (laughs) to me because you said it. You are obviously working for a film organization – Yes, well, working. Well, sure, yeah. You are part of a film collective, let's say that. Correct. Uh, And a lot of people I know who uh, work in English work in film into a larger conversation around English. Is that – do you ever do anything related to film or is it literature, grammar, that sort of thing? No, I do. I – in addition – you know, I teach – it varies from year to year, but this year um, I teach freshman honors English and I teach uh, senior honors English. But every year I have alternating electives, and it alternates between I teach a science fiction course and I teach a film studies course. Wow. So and clearly in both of them I'm able to uh, do film. Like right now in science fiction we're reading Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Sure. Dick. sure. So I'm showing them – we're not watching the entirety of it, but we're kind of doing a compare and contrast where we're reading the book and watching um, scenes from Blade Runner and is you know, kind of – iconic as Blade Runner is there without fail every time we read the book and watch everyone's like but the book's so funny and this movie's not funny at all you know the book is so absurd it's, no it's true it's, kind of, it's very true it's kind of uh, Douglas Adams at times and then they yeah. watch and like why is everyone so somber everyone's so sad where's the funny parts <laughs> they kind of left out the funny parts and made the greatest sci-fi movie anyway without it the the, the strange thing for me with that specific example is that uh, I was so uh, familiar with the movie. The movie had such an effect on me that when I read the book, instead of appreciating the book for what it was, I had to read it a few times. My first response to the book is, why is this book so stupid and funny? And right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't uh, connect uh, with uh, it. And then uh, it was. It took a while before I was like, oh, this book is great. You know, yeah, I read yeah. it probably three times before it like clicked for me, you know? Um, so uh, we're glad that Dan is here. We're going to talk to him about a few different things, but we want to start off as usual with our Wagon on track. track. So, Dan, as our guest, would you like to be the first to give either a whack or on track thing that you've done? So, if I understand properly, I <clears throat> this is in terms of movie specifically, or yeah, nope. it could also be a concert. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, if you went to an event that you thought was pretty impressive, if you saw a film either at home, just something that you think that people might want to know about yeah. a little or bit, or if you've attended an event, yeah, like uh, Josh has just complained about like people at work before on this whack and on track thing, so I don't think it's too specific. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not going to be like, dude, way off. You're not doing it. You can't ruin the set. Really screw it up. Then. Yeah. No, definitely not possible. If there's a platonic ideal, you missed it. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't get to a lot of, or I haven't been to a lot of events recently. My events consist of Tuesday nights. Um, Harry Guerrero, who is uh, one of the four members of Exhumed Films. Sure. Uh, Harry has a 35 millimeter screening room in his garage. He, yeah. 
he built a, a theater in his garage. And so we watched stuff every Tuesday night at Harry's house. And we've been watching uh, a bunch of things that he got last year. Harry got a, a bunch of films from uh, a depot in California. He, he got 200 Basically, mostly like drive-in exploitation films. Sure. Hauled them back in a, in a U-Haul truck. And so every Tuesday, we've been kind of going through things. But last Tuesday, we Harry had borrowed some films from... I don't think this is name-dropping. It's just reality. Uh, Quentin Tarantino at the New Beverly has been borrowing a lot of films from Harry's collection. Sure. And so as payback, Harry asks to borrow films from Tarantino's collection. Not to do anything theatrical with, just to watch them. So last week we were watching Jackie Chan movies and we watched um, Police Story 2. Wow. And Great movie. It, yeah. And I had never seen it. I saw the first one. Sure. And I had never seen the second one. So I was happy to watch that and to watch it on the big screen. I don't think it's quite as over the top as the first Police Story. No. But um, it was still it was still fun. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, getting back to your uh, uh, name dropping comment. Just to clarify, I mean, we have people who listen to us from all over the place. So if you are in Austin and you've been to a Weird Wednesday right. or a Terror Tuesday, there's a good chance you watched a print from Harry. If you went to the Synapse event, the uh, uh, Escape the New from New York, York yeah. uh, the Warriors double feature, those were Harry's prints. So, like, you, you know, you should know who – I mean, chances are yeah. if you care about film, you should probably know that, who this guy is. I mean, honestly, you should be at Harry's house tonight, not my house. You yeah, no, that's fair. Harry because he's so much more uh, interesting than I am. But um, <laughs> the, the reality – yeah, the reality is if you've gone – I'm again, I'm not posturing. If you've gone to any major um, retro screening either in Austin or in uh, L.A., over the last 10 years, there's a really good chance that some or most of the prints that you're watching are Harry's, you know, and that yeah. when, you know, there's some events that the studios are running and they don't have prints anymore, these films, they'll call Harry and say, can we have a print of our movie because we don't own one because we threw them out and... I have no wow, problem. That is insane. I mean, I, I have no problem with some posturing about that. There is not a lot of super awesome film stuff about Philadelphia. Harry being in this general area is one of the feathers in our hat, and I'm willing to wave that feather in everybody's face. <laughs> Even better, he's five. And Phil, I mean, fuck Philadelphia. He's five. I don't know if I can curse on the podcast. Oh, but oh you fucking can. He's Go five right minutes ahead. from my house, and so no, totally. Yeah, exactly. Even better than I don't have to cross the bridge. It's every wow. Tuesday, you know. We just That's go to Harry's, sick. and he's got something crazy that. So, uh, I mean, Police Story Two uh, was there? Was this a double feature? Was there a second? It was a double feature. I didn't stick around for the second feature, and I'm trying to think of what it was. It was something dragons, and it's another Jackie Chan. I'm uh, trying to play. Dragons? Was it? Is that the twin dragons? No, it's, no. It's not dueling dragons because that's a ride in Universal Studios. It's <laughs> it's something like that, and I'm drawing a blank, and I'm I've lost half I my mean, cred. To be no 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 no. To be fair, I mean, I I consider myself someone who likes Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, I don't consider myself a fan because there's so much. I mean, he's there's done so, so many, many movies, and I feel like uh, the the period of his career where he's still trying to be a traditional kung fu star right i don't barely know any of those movies like it's really not until he starts to get his comedic groove that i've seen those movies and i've still I mean, we're talking about i've probably seen 15 jackie chan movies and i feel like i don't really know jackie chan's yeah, career right. yeah. yeah 
It's so it's weird. weird. I remember watching a lot of the earlier ones and thinking, like, because, like, of course, my first introduction to Jackie Chan is, like, you know, where everyone else met him with, like, Drunken Master and all that stuff. Sure. So then getting into the earlier stuff that's still, like, like really grainy and all that stuff, yeah. like the VHS transfers and all that stuff, I was like, man, this is not really fun at all. Did you, um, <laughs> was it last year's X-Fest or the year before? I forget. I don't know if you came to it. We showed... Uh, Snake and Eagle Shadow, which is really oh, yeah. early Jackie Chan. That that was a lot of fun. That I, is never great. Seen that, that was a great movie, and it it was cool because it still had some of the elements of older movies. Right, but he was definitely playing a comedic angle that was really good. Yes, yeah, I I, I like that one a lot, and I, I really thought of it as a as a little bit of a hybrid because it still had so much like traditional, and I like traditional kung fu movies. It's not like you know I, I'm not into seeing Jackie Chan play in those sorts of movies. It's just the uh, the impact of Jackie. Chan in America seems to be your super cops, your first strikes, right. your rumble in the Bronx, yeah, yeah, those yeah. sorts of things, you know? Sure. Uh, and then, of course, the embarrassing co-produced in America movies that I'm not really <laughs> a big fan of. Yeah. <laughs> not really a fan of. No, no Shanghai Noon? Or- no. Uh, yeah. Remember briefly when people thought Owen Wilson could be an action star? Do you remember that? That's that bright, shining moment that then soon... Wait, didn't they make two of those? Yeah, no, that was oh, Shanghai Sweet something baby, else. Jesus. Shanghai no, Afternoon. Or Shanghai. I will. I will say this. I didn't. I don't like them for Jackie Chan movies, but I don't hate Rush Hour. Uh, it I, makes me giggle. I watched the first one on a plane to London one time. Okay. I don't remember anything about it. I like how classy. I was on a plane to London. To London. Right. <laughs> you know, English and we've all been there, right? Yeah, sure. The last time I was on a plane to London, though, to it wasn't. Fair, you know. To be fair, it was, if I'm not mistaken, I did a student trip to London. Okay. So I went for free. I don't want the, you know, the viewership of the audience to think that. You know, I, I'm some uh, like they're gonna turn jet wah, set guy. You know, right. They're gonna turn cosmopolitan. This guy teaches in a school and he goes to London. Right, exactly. Oh, exactly. Who is this That's guy? Cinepunks with their elitism again. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, do you have anything you've seen recently that was whack? Anything that you were you want or people any to know? Experience that or you experience that was true, whack. True, 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 true. So the definition of whack being bad. bad. Oh, bad. I wasn't sure if it's like it rhymes with on track. Hence. I see. <laughs> I think we started with whack though. Yeah, whack yeah, was where we started like on I, you know, I'm old. I don't remember if whack's good or bad, you know. There, I think there was a point when whack was a good thing. I don't know if it still is or not. Apparently not. No, it was uh, never it's, a good thing. It's already thing. transitioned. No. Yeah. Is, is whack never have No. Not down with the lingo. Um, <laughs> let's see. What's something that I've experienced recently yeah. that was whack? If you don't have anything, that's fine. I'm we'll think of you as very PMA. You're very, awesome you're very positive right yeah, now. Yeah, I like everything. Everything's yeah. awesome. Posy Dan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Josh, do you have whacking on track for On track, of course, you and I went to Nate Fest yesterday oh, yeah, Nate and Fest. for two days. So for two days, we were reveling in the hard. I only went for one day. I went for both days. Yeah. And let me tell you, I had a great time. It, the sound was awful at the venue. It sounded where was, terrible. Where it was at this place called Game Changer World in Howell, New Jersey. Okay. And it's like a big cement skate park of some sort. <laughs> but every band that played sounded like they were playing in a tin can cave. So, But uh, we got to see our friends play. Got to see a lot of old bands. Got to see Indecision. Really? Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the that Mother Mary song. And I thought everyone was going to kill everybody. It was pretty intense. If I had been there that day, I would have killed someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty wild. But it was also interesting seeing like a lot of old people that I hadn't seen in a while. This is what happened to me at Nate Fest. So okay. I lived in North Jersey until like 2001. Sure. I worked at Vintage Vinyl for like a long time, and I went to a lot of shows. Right. But I was always like shy. 
It's yeah. kind of like an awkward dude. Yeah. So apparently I met a lot of people that I have no recollection of meeting ever. And it was very weird because a lot of people were giving me hugs and saying, hey, Josh, how you been? See, that's not being shy. That's being narcissistic. It's like when you don't... <laughs> Oh man, that's so bad. No, that's a good point. That's fair. Oh, it's like you're totally into you and bad form, met, Joey. Uh, bad I've been form. there. I've been there too. I've been there too. Like where <laughs> I've been to shows. And I'm like, remember this guy? He lived in our dorm. I'm like, uh, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh he's, sure. He's What's like up? we had that bonding situation. <laughs> Some people even asked about. There was a one young lady that I'd pined after horribly. And apparently was speaking to strangers about in the record store because they were asking like, "So what's up with that girl?" I'm like, <laughs> "Man, <laughs> I, I, I talked. I knew you that well that I talked to you about you, this." Girl. I don't understand. Wasn't that like a decade ago? Yeah, you just got. I, Dude, that's that's not you. Weird. That's not you. Anyone who, after ten years ago, what's up with that girl? Is yeah. clearly living in the past. If it's been a year, then yeah. I'm willing to have that conversation. After ten years, assume was... I've moved on with my life. <laughs> living with the past was basically the mantra of this whole. No, weekend. it was a lot of old fat people. I definitely that was... saw a lot of people that was like, man, like you're bigger and tattooder and, <laughs> and, and balder. And I was like, I'm bigger and tattooder <laughs> and balder. But I mean, it was a good time. It was a good time for a good cause. Um, do you know Nate Gluck? Do you know? I don't. He played in like a million bands. Like around your time, that would have been like Strength 691 era. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he played bass in that band. He played bass in every band, like Vision. Okay. And he got, he was just recently diagnosed with stage three esophageal cancer. Yeah. And stomach cancer. So they did this big fundraiser and then they did this big two day show festival and all the proceeds went to Nate and his family for medical bills and all that stuff. Sure. So it was a good cause. I felt really good about it. You know, I missed the Chromex because I was tired, but there was a white castle on the way home of which my wife had never been to. A white castle. castle. Any white castle. Never not not once. No. No, she she hadn't been to this white castle, so we gotta go to this one. This is the one in New Jersey that you haven't been to. The mini onions here are just (laughs) amazing. So she connected to the Beastie Boys song and was like, that's what they're talking about. And then Harold and Kumar. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. This is the one. And so we went. And I ate burgers, and I felt awful. It was the worst decision. No, yeah, but, White Castle is very bad for you. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. It was not a good time at all. But I mean, I mean, I, I enjoy, I enjoy White Castle while it's it. in my mouth, <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately afterwards, it's like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> oh, another on track stuff that has been happening is uh, Eric and Cynadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't hype for... this on the last episode. We so did we should not. Probably so should. let's let's do it now. Do so it. we'll talk more about it at the end because we talk about sure stuff. But just yeah, mention that is, it. That's that's stage. Okay. Anyway, um, we are now in the preliminary stages of reviewing movies for the film festival. So a lot of the sure. people who write for Philadelphia have to watch a lot of the movies that are coming up. And I had to sure. review the treatment and Cub. So I just watched the treatment, which was a very intense movie. Um, I'm not Did you sure like that? if I enjoyed it very much. So okay. it might fall into my whack category. All right. But um, I still have to finish writing the review. So, But that's coming up, and then Cub is coming up, which is a horror movie. Have you heard of this movie? No, yet? I haven't. I have not either. So It I played at Fantastic Fest. I didn't get a chance to see it. Did anyone say anything about it? Got, it got mixed reviews. I mean, I think some people felt it was a little predictable. Okay. Uh, other people felt like, um, I don't know. that it, It's one of those movies that I think has sort of an intense concept and it plays off that concept mm-hmm. so either you're into it like oh that's you know whatever or not but it, again i didn't get a chance to see it there's i mean fantastic fest there's so many movies i yeah, just can't yeah, yeah, you just yeah. can't see them all there's just, no way to see all of them no, 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 fantastic no, no, no. fest and they don't they don't do multiple screens of each movie they right? do it's different movies are different but again it's even going to multiple screen i mean i i saw 
26 movies at Fantastic Fest? 25 movies? Is that all? Yeah. Just that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. NBD and and managed to write six reviews. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I literally, I had to, you have to skip movies in order to write, and I had to record for Cinepunks. Yeah, we did a Cinepunks episode from Austin. Yeah, so... So, Anyways, what? So okay, so, maybe yeah, I, whack on the treatment. Do you have maybe, another whack? Um, another whack? No, not really. I mean, you know, no. Pretty much everything's been pretty cool. Right. Um, but yeah, but we're getting ready for the Philadelphia Film Festival. Sure. The first Cinepunks movie that we've programmed is going to be happening. So that's pretty. It's not pretty, really a movie. It's more like an event. Yeah, the it's a Hate Five Six retrospective. And if you don't know who Sunny is or who what Hate Five Six is. It is uh he's a one dude who's filmed fourteen hundred sets of hardcore bands yeah. over the past decade. All over the place and styles, yeah, like, all like kinds Boston, of stuff. Boston, Syracuse here. Oh, yeah. Phil- he lives in Philly now. And uh pretty much he works with the This Is Hardcore guys now almost exclusively, like with Joe Hardcore in there. Well, right? I don't think that's necessarily true. I well, mean not exclusively, but that's a lot of what Well he does film. he's on staff and he does a lot of that and whatever, but uh but I mean he's filmed like house shows yeah. to like big fest but the beauty whatever. of it is that he's he shares it all on his website for free right so he does this whole thing and there's sure. a whole community of people who watch mo- these hardcore sets because they're not here you know whatever geographically or what and he we're doing a retrospective of that cool yeah so when that is that april 12th 13th 13th monday uh, april 13th sorry yeah okay so so but yeah we're already in the preliminary so that's been really exciting I've been on purpose trying to get on on Sonny's camera at shows <laughs> so that I could be like, "Yo, put a picture of me and Liam <laughs> looking tough and watching." Oh my god! I know I shouldn't have admitted that in front of all of these listeners <laughs> or Dan. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> that's totally cool. That's so embarrassing. So maybe that's whack. I've trolled the internet looking for like pictures of me from shows. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, that oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I mean, I do make fun. I do. I do mess with all the people who take pictures for This Is Hardcore and Sunny. And I'm always like, how come there's no shots of me? And then this past This Is Hardcore, there really was an extended shot. Sunny managed to get me in two different angles and it was the exact opposite experience of I like hit him up I'm like it's so embarrassing man like I look like such an old tired lame like I just yeah. I'm watching it and I'm like did they slow me down am I moshing in slow motion is that what I, I actually look like loafers yeah that's yeah. cool I was wearing loafers yeah, yeah. it was awesome moshing <laughs> and loafers uh, anything else before nope, that's okay it. so uh, I'm actually gonna say for me Nate Fest is whack whoa Weren't you we like fought cancer on Facebook? You were like begging for tickets and stuff, weren't you? I was really stoked about it, and yeah. I got a ticket, and I was really excited. And I went. Here's the issue: one, I went the second day, so specific was, bands I really yeah. wanted to see. Uh, so Far Side, Far Side was cool. Far Side was amazing. Uh, that was the highlight of the weekend. But so. here's the thing: except I, for when Popeye threw up during the one song, that was a little weird, that but was uncomfortable. But here's my issue: issue <laughs> is that uh, I missed Undertow. And universally, everyone's like, Undertow was the best set of the day. Yeah. But I was really hungry. I went with a friend Uh to go get some food, and I missed Undertow. (laughs) So then I'm like, okay, I missed Undertow. No big deal. Killing time. It's going to be so great. Killing time were not great. Killing time set was 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 difficult. Now, uh, I I think the sound had something to do with that. One, yeah, I just <laughs> felt like killing time was just not that great. And uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, it was it was just kind of. I mean, I'm I'm so glad I went. I'm glad I supported Nate. But uh, you know, best set of the day, I missed it. That just yeah. it bums me out. That's and honestly, problem. it's just like it was a far enough trip 
that I ended up feeling like more worn out than excited. Yeah. On the other hand, I did have White Castle on the way home. We did. That was pretty yeah. great. Separately of each other, we did. Yeah. I know. I <laughs> we know. also saw Endeavor for the first their first set in 17 years. I mean, so yeah, that that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty uh, right. As far as on track, um, I've. I haven't been to as many movies as I would like, mm-hmm. uh, but I've watched – I had a few first-time watches that have been pretty cool. Uh, I recently uh, watched a movie called uh, Naked Vengeance uh-huh. sent to us by Joe Hawk Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For the yeah. episode – do you know this movie, Dan? It sounds very familiar. It's an 80s. It. It's uh, an 80s, I spit on your grave kind of exploitation flick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's combined so many things. It's there like is a castration her husband dies, yeah. and then she goes to this town. Apparently, everyone in the town is a horrible rapist. And yeah, yeah I, it's, it's weird defining the lines in that movie. Yeah. I, I watched that one. I didn't watch the second one. What was the second one? Oh. And then what's the second one? I don't remember, actually. Yeah, that's all we'll the watch. Yeah, I, I, my DVD actually had three things on it, so oh. I'm excited. Excited to see what the third thing is. Wow, yeah. He must um, like you better than the rest I re- of us. I rewatched uh, Force Majeure. I still haven't seen that. Have you seen this movie, Force Majeure? No, it, it is so uncomfortable. Yeah, and it I is read about painfully it. uncomfortable. It's, it strikes me as something that I wouldn't be able to watch just because I, it would be... <laughs> you have to enjoy things that are uncomfortable. I don't at all. <laughs> and I, I do. <laughs> I, I really, really do. And it's weird that I do, but I really, really do. So to what level do you avoid stuff that's uncomfortable? Like... In film? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I I can't... Like Lars von Trier? No. 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 Right. I mean, you know, and it doesn't... It's not even necessarily like... Or Gaspar, no. It's not even necessarily when it's, you know, rape-related or shocking. or it, It's just... Just when things are awkward. I can't watch, like, Ricky Gervais TV shows, you know? Like, yeah. Really? Yeah, it really bothers I mean, me. Th- that, I mean, that would specifically apply to Force Majeure. Some of the movies that I've seen because of you are horribly uncomfortable. I'm not there. Watch that movie and see if I'm in the theater. I'm probably not there. Yeah. the for, I mean, I would say that Ricky Gervais, Larry David, these are fair comparisons. Force Majeure, to me, a lot of people see it in different ways. For me, Force Majeure was like one of those comedies but there's no jokes. There's right. only uncomfortable oh, situation. I loved it, but it yeah. is like, you know, I was I was watching it with my wife, and she and Susan was like, ah. <laughs> but, but we both re- in the end really loved it. So I, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad I watched it. Um, uh, but I've more recently, I would say my my number one whack recently is I've had to miss stuff. Ah. So for example, we're here talking about Exhumed. I missed the triple feature. The yeah, slasher the triple oh, feature. You did. Yeah, I so couldn't did know. I. It made now, me so on sad. Track. There's a total on track. Um, yeah. uh, Hacko Lantern's amazing. Yeah, I hear it's unbelievable. And I I was so sad I missed it. Yeah, I was, you know, we went into that one kind of sight unseen. Like, you know, we had the, I know it's on YouTube. We had the opportunity to watch it before. Sure. We knew that it was available. I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go with this and just hope for the best because sure. I don't want to. You know, I, I think a lot of times when people come to our shows, they work on the assumption that we've seen all these things and we're kind of endorsing them by putting them out there. But no, most of the, I, don't, I definitely I don't say, think that. I don't want to say most of the time. A lot of the time, especially like if it's a twenty-four hour show. I mean, yeah, a lot of the stuff we're playing or the or the X Fest shows, a lot of stuff we've seen. But there's sometimes we're like, this movie sounds really crazy. Maybe it's going to play really well, or maybe it's going to die. We don't know. But let's see, because if you know. If I've seen absolutely everything that we're showing all the time, I don't need to be there. I mean, what yeah. you know, there's something to be said for watching something on the big screen just because it's on the big screen. But 
you know, I'd much rather see something for the first time with an audience on the big screen. So Hacker Lantern was one of those where like, all right, well, we're here. It's crazy. Let's just hope for the best. And so you didn't see it before. No, no. And I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't. It was great. It yeah. Really, it really. Everyone I know well. who went was like, you missed out. Hackle Lantern was crazy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be one of those like, um, you know, like when we do um, the X-Fest or when we do the Harathon, you know, there's certain movies that kind of take on a life of their own. I'm not saying like, oh, we put them out there. But like, you know, we'll show these things and then they kind of start playing other places too. Like after we can recommend them, say, yo, we showed this, it's crazy, you should totally watch it. And then it'll play in Austin or it'll play in LA. And then I think things kind of start to build up around them. I, I do credit you with that. The 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 face with two left. Yeah, feet. that's a good example. That was you. That was exhumed. Like yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure other people had heard about it or knew whatever. But for the most part, I saw it at X Fest, and then all right. of a sudden, like six months later, right. everyone's and there's a DVD about it. release yeah. of it. Yeah, with with Justin's artwork stolen. Like Justin had <laughs> stolen. He made a poster yeah. for the yeah, show. Yeah, I remember that. And then when the DVD was released. The guy who put it out stole Justin's poster and like oh my god put it like put it on the DVD cover or on the back cover or something. Haunt, wow, Haunt Love, check it out, Etsy, yeah. totally. <laughs> um, that that one that we had actually watched that was one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harry had um, he had found it in um, Joe who does Vinegar Syndrome. You know, he's in New York and he's got you know a vault full of prints and sure a lot of the stuff he doesn't know what it is and so Harry was going through. And he's like, what is this movie? And Joe didn't know, and Harry didn't know. And Harry ran the first, like he was just, you know, kind of unspooling the first few minutes of the film on the rewind and looking at it and didn't realize that it was a fake John Travolta and said, well, they've obviously stolen the first, they've stolen one of the segments from uh, Saturday Night Fever because it's it's the scene with John Travolta. He's like, we should totally watch this. It wasn't until we watched it in the garage. We're like, oh shit, that's not John Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) It's... You know, and at the time you can find that, but at the time there was no listing for it on on IMDb, so we really had no idea what we we're watching, and we're we're just watching we're like holy shit! I'm like, and there's uh, Chichilina, the Italian porn star, sure. plays the uh, the female love interest. Yeah, I'm like, holy god, this is crazy, and that's that was like, it was the first X Best, I think. Yeah, that was and the first like, one. That was part of like when we did X Best, like. We absolutely have to create a reason to show this movie. Right. And that's how X-Fest came about. Well, it wasn't solely because we kind of had the, that idea. To, we should do another festival. But when we kind of came up with that idea, I'm like, yes, and we need to be able to show yeah. Face of Two Left Feet because I mean, there's no perhaps better exploitation example than let's find someone who looks exactly like this big star and exploit his popularity. Yeah, like, like the whole <laughs> – the, the long tradition of Bruce Lee ripoff. Yeah, yes, sure, you sure. Know, it's all the different lays and lays. Lie, and lay. lie and Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, one last thing I want to say. I went and saw that movie, uh, What We Do in Shadows. Oh, oh yeah? I can see that also, was yeah. It? it was fun. It I was liked it a lot. It, I really, it was, really it, enjoyed it's, it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's got some humor that's very upfront. Mm-hmm. It's got some humor that's very dry, like... Oh right, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's know. the flight of the Concords guys. Yeah, it's Jermaine um, Clement and uh, Reese Davis. Yeah, but then the other—I didn't know who the other main actors were. Uh, like, Tiger Waititi is the name of the one guy. Yeah, he's a Kiwi dude. Um, but I have—have have I seen him in anything? Is that someone I, I should know who no he is? Yeah, lo- most of the people from the movie I didn't. I recognize Jermaine. I recognize Restart because I'm from stuff. But the other actors, I didn't recognize them. They were all great. It wasn't like hilarious. I went into it knowing those two dudes and be like, oh, they'll carry the movie. And right. Who knows? Have you Not heard so of much. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very aware of it. I just haven't. Had and, I, and I like 
anything that is a parody but not mocking. Yeah. It wasn't done in a way that was like, oh, vampires are stupid. Right. People who, that. but it was like, those, like, okay, let's movie, let's make whatever. a yeah, yeah, let's make a let's make a world of those things and then make it very modern and real. And what would they be like? And like <laughs> that, it works in that sense. You that know, movie was hilarious. That's also on my on track. Yeah, because so that, that was, was so good. That was I was just thinking what was the last thing I saw on the th- that was the last thing I saw in the I theater that I enjoyed. Just like mockumentary, like not Kevin's. No, that, that whole style bothers yeah, me. I really typically hate it, but this movie it worked so well. I mean, like, th- dude, just the fact that like th- there's a scene where they're making Facebook pages and all this <laughs> stuff, like it's hilarious, and it's all like I mean I didn't mean to spoil that. I just did. Didn't I? You, you were the Facebook. worst. I don't think that's. Uh... It really doesn't. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, we we've spoiled whole endings of movies. What do you care? We have. I guess it's not a big deal. I just don't. You just didn't say it beforehand. Someone's going to cry about it. Is that what you're? It's a distinct possibility. You know how that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We don't have enough. You don't have to worry about that yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we're in the millions, then then maybe. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Okay, so uh, I want to get started with with uh, Dan and uh, one of the questions we start off with. is sort of like how people got involved in stuff. Like I know, having talked to Joseph, that you, like us, went to shows. You were part of that world. Right. How did that happen for you? How did you? Because that's not something that everybody knows about. There are plenty of people who that's not part of their life. They don't know anything about that. How did you end up in that space? And sort of in the punk rock scene. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know. Um, do you still listen to punk rock? Yeah, or? I yeah. do. I mean, I'm not very current with much of anything musically, but. Um, yeah, I, I still have my toes in that world. But if anything, it's kind of like Nafis. It's probably more like, oh, my God, here's this band that I haven't seen in 20 years. Like, sure, oh, sure. And they're reuniting, and they're 50 yeah. years old. I should totally go to that. Yeah. You know, um, but I guess, I don't know. I remember um, it was, you know, friends of mine from school. N- none of us, we were all kind of figuring out together, like in middle school, you know. And I, I think the closest thing to, to punk rock that – got me into the music of the scene so much was the dead milkman because it was philly yeah you know local and right and heroes friends were right we're passing tapes around and yeah you know being sort of of a kid who loved the absurd and such like the you know the dead milkman stuff i'm like this is really funny this is really clever and you know i had grown up with uh classic rock stuff so this was it was very different than that and then from there you know I would, you know, this is obviously pre-internet and pre-anything else, so you just heard stuff word of mouth, and, you know, and then I had friends say, hey, you know, I bought this album, I thought it was Dead Milkman, but it's a band called Dead Kennedys, you should listen to this, that's pretty cool too. And, you know, and that's kind of, I got in... That's probably, a pretty interesting switch right you know, there, you know? But, again, <laughs> hey, but, but not so much, I mean... There's definitely a relationship a, there, I mean, there's... Uh, you know, sense of humor. I don't think is that. You know, it's not no, goofy, absolutely. No, but there's not. a sense of like oh, there's fun very to much, it. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's a real uh, satirical and you know a, a great sarcasm and a great um, you know political uh, mindset that interested me at the time. You know, I, again, not I'm not trying to say I was a sophisticated eighth grader or anything, but I was like, yeah, fuck Jerry Falwell, that guy sucks. You know, yeah, sure. So it was, uh, you know, it, I, I think. Th- I was kind of attracted by the, you know, like every kid who gets into punk rock, you know, you're attracted kind of by the danger of it to a sense. Like this is, you could never play this on the radio and, you know, right. Um, and I, I think I want to say that dead milkman was the first show I went to. I was in eighth grade and we got okay. a 
the Chestnut Cabaret, and a friend's mom said she would drop us off. You know, it was like six bucks or something. And that was it. I was hooked. I was like, oh my God, I need to find out how I can do this on a regular basis. And, you know, from there it just became, um, you know, um, you know what actually really did it for me? I'll tell you what, what probably really kind of um, got me into the punk rock scene was sure. the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, they used to do the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Echelon Mall. And at that theater there, the Dollar yeah. Fifty Theater. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't Dollar Fifty then. Wasn't $1.50 no, then. it was. It was at back when the Echelon Mall was a viable shopping know, place. Yeah. Shopping place. Uh, <laughs> the theater was, you know, it was actually a, a first-run theater, and you know, I had always heard about. I knew of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I used to watch a show called. I'm sorry. I'm probably a good ten years or more older than you guys. I'm guessing. I'm 42. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Right. I'm 37. Okay, so, so I'm 35. All right, so you know, a little bit older. Um, when I was sixth, seventh grade, yeah, um, I used to religiously watch the show Night Flight on USA Network. Night Flight mm-hmm. was um, it was That's awesome, man. It was it was a great trip. All right, go ahead with uh, you were saying that uh, you grew up watching Night Flight, which I remember Night Flight totally. Yeah, I mean, it really is a, a formative experience for me, and. Now that I think about it, that was also an entryway into, into punk rock, too, because I remember they would have, like, an hour of punk rock videos. And there weren't a lot of videos, but they would no. show they would show clips of – I remember seeing, like, um, Naked Raygun and um, – Sure. Uh, you know, Alien Sex Fiend and some of that stuff. And you know what else, actually? What? They, they used to run uh, Another State of Mind. The, uh, oh, yeah. The, the yes, totally. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, documentary, which was amazing. I loved that. Um, but uh, as I was saying, they, they used to show clips of Rocky Har, so I was aware of it. And I remember, you know, it, we found I was playing at the Echelon, and I had a friend who lived not far from the Echelon Mall. And so we were going to stay over his house one night, and we did, we thought we were crazy. We were going to watch, we watched three movies in a row. And <laughs> so it was, a, it was a, yeah, it was a Saturday, and we watched, it was opening weekend. We went to go see, it was a good triple feature. It was a Saturday night. We went to like a seven o'clock show of The Hidden. It was opening oh, weekend. So we great saw, movie. So we, it was 88. We saw The Hidden and Prince of Darkness. Oh, man. Also awesome. And, awesome. Great. And so it was The Hidden at seven, Prince of Darkness at nine. And then we stuck around for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Awesome. Which, which we had never seen before. And like my mind was blown. Was it like the participatory thing? Oh, like, yeah, totally. It oh, was – um, and – Watch how I watch how I parlay this. This is going to totally segue into everything important that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I love that. I right. love that. So I went there and I was just like, my God! And you know, everyone's calling back to the screen, and you know, it's a huge audience, and everyone's you know cheering and laughing and shouting and cursing. And I had I had never seen the movie. I didn't know the callbacks, but I'm just periodically just yelling like shit, you know, because like. <laughs> I'm in a movie theater and I'm encouraged to. And you're allowed to talk, right? I can Great. talk. I'm like fuck, curse, yeah, it's genius, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and there's you know really attractive women in their underwear, you know, like parading around. Yeah, no, totally. I'm like, I need to come to this every week as, as much are, as possible. Throwing food and squirting water pistols, I'm like this is absolutely the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so the, that was my. I remember it was my fresh. It was fall of my freshman year in high school. And I was like, I have to get back here. 
And so I would every week try to convince someone's parents to drop us off. I'm like, we should, you know, you should talk to your mom into taking us to the rock. Not taking us, but like drop us <laughs> drop off us and off. pick us up at sure. two in the morning. Right. You know? Yeah. It's and easy sell Somehow, sure. you know, it happened. And then I became, I, I met a guy who lived in town who went on a regular basis. I'm like, hey, do you mind just like picking me up? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And so I would go pretty much every week. And one week, um, did you yeah. learn all the callbacks? Oh, yeah, right, totally. Wow. I, I knew all the lines that were, you know, I had totally figured it out. And um, one week, the guy who was playing the character of Rocky in the cast didn't show up. And they're like, we need somebody to what? play the character of Rocky. No I was like, I'll do it. So cool. <laughs> and they're like, okay, but you got to strip down to your underwear. I'm like, yes, that's fine. <laughs> yes. And, and so I got up and I, I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. And I, I, I played Rocky. And the next week, that guy wasn't back. And like, do you want to do it again? It's like, yeah, all right. And basically, I became a member of the cast. Like a the truth. Kind of like, yeah, I became like sort of like the offshoot member in that, you know, most of these people were 18, 19, 20 years old and such. And I was a 14-year-old kid. That is you know? amazing. But, yeah. You know, but what, I, was, what was the name of the troupe? Did they the, have a name? Yes, the Transducer Players. And they were... Uh, at the time among they were one of the biggest casts and in, in one of the longest casts they formed in 1980 I think wow. uh, so they were you know in, within Jersey they were a pretty well known sure, sure. group did um, your parents say anything? you know what one I remember one night very vividly because we went to the show and um, we went out to the we went to Denny's after and I got home and it was you know like 4, 4.30 in the morning and again I'm 15 years old at this point, I guess, 14 or 15. And I walk in the door and, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning on Saturday and both my parents are up and my mother is like, because normally I would come in and they would be asleep and they really didn't know what time. I would say, you know, I'll I'll be home later. And I I would just, if they they asked me, I was like, I knew they went to bed at 10. So I'm like, yeah, I was in at 10.30. You guys were already sleeping. They just didn't know. Uh, But I remember coming home and my mother was like, your father's awake and he's furious. Oh man! And I was like, "All right, I got this." And so I went. <laughs> I, and I got this. And I sat down with him. And like, and my father and I, we've, we've always had like sort of a, a contentious relationship. Um, and he was just silent, just like staring at me. And I was like, "Listen, here's all I want to say." I was like, "I don't drink, and I don't do drugs, and I don't." steal and i don't do anything stupid I'm like all i do is i like going to this movie and i go to it on saturday nights and it's it runs late but i'm there and i'm safe and i'm not on the sure. street and i'm not vandalizing did you mention the running around in your underwear i didn't part? i didn't mention running around in my underwear or in women's garters or anything like that but i it was i wasn't you made lying the case. you made I, the case yeah, i made the case and i just you know tactfully uh, you know, omitted certain information, bits of information. But I remember he, he didn't say anything. He just kind of like nodded slowly. And, and that was it. He never said anything about it again. And, you know, I think he recognized, like, I believe him, you know, and it was true. I wasn't, you know, at the time I was quasi straight edge. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing anything. I was just there and, you know, and, sure. and having for all intents and purposes, a clean, wholesome, good time. Just, wow. You know, it's I, I, I mean, amazing. I made the same case to my mom about going to hardcore shows when mm-hmm. I first started going to shows. It's like yeah. I'm straight edge. I don't do, you know, like 
whatever. And uh, she, it was always a little bit of an issue for her because if I had gotten really good grades but been into pot, she would have been, been like, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Go for it. You still get an A's? I'll buy the pot. <laughs> what, all A's this semester? Here's some pot. You know, like she would have been totally fine with that. Anything more than that, she would have been concerned. But she was an old hippie, so she didn't care. But I used to be like, well, yeah, I don't get good grades, but I also don't get in trouble like i was yeah, never right. in trouble i'd never cause problems uh i had one teacher in high school who hated me so that was that was a one brief <laughs> one brief dalliance with the dark side yeah. yeah as far as like getting in actual trouble i had lots of teachers that were concerned for my future right right liam seems really smart but he doesn't do his homework <laughs> meanwhile it's because i'm like and re- like i was like the the nerd who was like I could do my math homework, or I could read this these novel, sure. or watch these right. horror movies, or do, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, it doesn't matter. So, did you, uh, did you ever do the Rocky Horror thing? So here's the thing with me. I, my era was when it had moved to the Harwin. Yeah. And everyone was like, you should go, you should go, you should go. And I was familiar with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So here's the thing. Growing up, uh, you know, my mom's a single parent. Lots of people were involved in our lo- in my life that were like sort of uh, surrogate parents as well. People who were like family members, you know. Uh-huh. And one per one, uh, there, there was a few people, and there was a couple, uh, Frank and Walt, first gay people I ever met. Awesome. They were basically like dads to me in a way for a while. I mean, as I got older, they got busy. They were less involved in my life. But when I was a kid, they were around a lot, and they would give my mom movies. They had cable. We didn't have. We couldn't afford cable, so, so they, they would tape them. And tape stuff. Yeah. Rocky Horror Picture shows in the wow. tapes. I was probably eight when That's I popped funny. in Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I was like. <laughs> now, to be fair, I think I was no, I was nine, and that sounds crazy. But if you'll remember, people who've listened to podcasts before, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was in second grade. Right. So, Rocky Horror Picture Show was right. like, this makes me feel different in weird ways, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's not scary. So, what's the big deal? Uh, so, I knew what it was, but I didn't know about all the performing stuff. And that's someone was like, you should go. We do this and that. And part of it was almost taunting, like, you'll go and they'll do the virgin thing, yeah, they'll yeah, embarrass yeah, you. Yeah, it doesn't... And I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to that. I'm not, <laughs> no, you know? You're not selling it well. Yeah, no, that. it's... And I think that was part of the point, is that, like, there was a little bit of a feeling of I just wasn't cool enough to go. Now, to be fair, uh, by the time I had enough friends in the scene that would that cared about that sort of thing that would invite me to go i had also made a conversion to christianity mm-hmm. so i think part of it was fucking with me because they're like uh liam he's a church guy uh, he'll right. be freaked out meanwhile stuff. i'm like yo i was watching this when you didn't know what the fuck it was but that <laughs> but that's always been my life is that like you know like a weird combination of things like that so yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like trust me i know what the rocky Horror picture show is all right. Trust me. Yeah, I'm well aware. All right. But, you know, I didn't want to be embarrassed. It felt right. weird to be embarrassed right. no, publicly I like that. that I mean, I, don't get me wrong. If there was someplace doing it now that I thought was doing it for real. Of course does it. Yeah, but is that like a real thing? I don't know. I've gone with Melani loves. Is it like the my thing? Wife has an unnatural. I know. I'm missing um, RuPaul's Drag Race tonight for this. Wow. What? Right. Yeah. It's the only. I watch yeah. one television show for eight weeks a year, and it's RuPaul's Drag Race. That's awesome, actually. That's um, my baby. Just putting that out there. And side note, to be fair, I'd rather go to uh, uh, a Phantom of the Paradise. Regular screening that I would. Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I love it so much. (laughs) Okay, so uh, so you're doing the Rocky Horror thing. You're getting into punk a little bit. Was there a time when you were like uh, going to a lot of shows, or that's like a bigger part of your life? And what were some of the bands that you cared about at that point? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, again, when I became uh, sort of a cast member, a couple of the guys who 
were older than me, they had cars and they could drive uh, to city gardens, you know. Oh, and yeah. So, and they were, you know, and the punks were like, you know, hey, we're going to go see. And, you know, City Gardens, it was a lot of the bigger bands. So, like, yeah. we're going to go see The Cramps. You want to sure. come? I was like, yeah. Sure. Do you want to go see The Damned? Yeah. Sure. You know, Social Distortion. Um, so I went, you know, the Ramones. So I, I saw a bunch of shows at City Gardens. Was um, it terrifying for you? Were you one of those? No, people? no, not at all. Wow, I mean, you were one of the lucky ones. Yeah. No, we, we I you know, I've heard all the horror stories, but, you know, I didn't go there every week or anything. But um, I felt like, you know, it was reasonable. Like, you, you parked, and as long as you got quickly... From your car to the venue, you were fine. And, yeah. You know, inside the venue, you know, you just kind of stayed out of uh, the way. Yeah, stayed out of the way. And, you know, don't this make is the first positive review for City Gardens. I, I really, I really kind of, again, maybe it's because I was young and stupid too, you know, but. I mean, I, I knew some people who loved it, but there were definitely some people I've who were like, to. it was Joseph, scary. Joseph's distaste for Joseph hated well City yeah. Gardens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up to and including his refusal to see the ride on the dance floor movie. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Right, 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 right. And again, I don't. You know, I, I, I guess it wasn't. It wasn't like it was like my regular venue. Um, as far as regular venues, but also probably in many respects scarier was. Um, I guess it was ninth, tenth grade. I used to go to a club called. Club Pizzazz. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yes, another infamous. Yeah, another place where yeah, the, the locals would beat up. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the hard Fs as they refer to them. Yeah, yeah. It was there, and I mean, there was all kinds of, you know, possible threats. Like you had to take, you know, I would take from Jersey. I would take the Patco to Eighth and Market, and then sure. you take the Frankfurt L. Sure. And then it was like a scary walk from the Frank. The Frankfurt L was scary. The L train was scary, and then it was like a scary walk. From there to the venue, and then once you got there, there's like all, there's like you know the the Nazi kids were there too. I'm like, sure. right, you know, it was all there was all kinds of uh, you know very. Do you remember any of the bands you saw at Pizzazz? Who did I see at Pizzazz over the years? Gosh, um, you know, a lot of the Jersey bands, so like uh, Turning Point and Point yeah. of View, yeah. Uh, Big this, up to my man Vern Laird from Point of View, yeah, uh, and Misunderstood and uh, Edgewise. I don't know if I saw it. I saw Iconochrist. Oh, oh my gosh. And, yeah. What? Um, band called Sobering Consequences. Sobering Consequences. <laughs> yeah. For any band I've ever heard in my entire life. It's so uh, genius. Side note, I want I want to I want to continue that line, but I whenever they come up I always have to mention you know people outside of the Philadelphia don't care about turning point. What is that about? No. Oh, that's they not true. they don't have among young kids they do. There's because of Bands from the Philly area who wear the shirts. Right. Young kids. But, like, people closer to our generation who should care were like, who? Turning who? And I'm like, turning point! They're so important! Think about killing people when they hear, like, always before the dawn or anything? Nah. Really? Nah. Okay. A little bit crazy pants to me, but whatever. Okay, (laughs) so so you're going to shows at places like Pizzazz and City Gardens and stuff like that. Would you say that this happened parallel to your fascination with film, or...? Uh, My fascination with film, I think far predated um, punk rock. I think it definitely... And here's a good example, though, of, of how they coincided. I, I very vividly remember being at um, being at a show at Pizzazz and being approached by a kid. He was... Because I was wearing... I had an Evil Dead 2 t-shirt. Sure. That this is... A, Never heard of it. Again, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... Right. I'm going to be, you know, old man and say this was, you know, before the cult of Evil Dead 2. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I ordered, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I saw 
I saw Evil Dead 2 opening night because, um, you know, the same two guys that I went to, good friends of mine, uh, Pete Bisgara and Doug Slack. And Doug did a lot of uh, the early Zoom Films artwork. We were, we were totally into horror together and they never got into the punk rock scene at all. But, you know, okay. as far as film stuff, you know, we would always do stuff together. And so we went to Evil Dead 2 opening night and we were just floored by it because we had seen the original Evil Dead on video. And I was like, shit, we have to see this movie when it comes out. You yeah. Know? The original was so good. And we, I think we ended up seeing it four times in the theater. But I remember being at, four times. I remember being at uh, Pizzazz and a kid coming up to me and be like, oh my God, where did you get that shirt? And I was like, oh, I ordered it out of Fangoria. And he's like, I love, he's like, I don't know anyone. Who besides me? Who 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 knows Evil Dead Two? I don't what? think it, I don't think it was on video yet, or you know, and and I formed this friendship with this kid, and it, it, the shame is I don't remember his name now. It wasn't uh-huh. a, a lasting friendship, but like you know, like we would like talk on the phone, you know, and right, right, right. like we would like you know arrange like to meet up at shows, or I remember there was like a, a horror screening that I had tickets to. I was like, dude, you want to come to this screening with me? It was at you know. At, Glassboro State College. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah. And so you know, he his mom dropped him off and went. He lived like and that's why the friendship never lasts because he lived like forty five minutes away or something. Uh, sure, sure, sure. You know, mm-hmm. but Bedford or something. Yeah, right. Some far <laughs> off place. Where is that? Um, but so, Dukes. so I definitely remember at the time thinking like both horror and punk rock kind of went together in that. You know, it's sort of almost like this secret society. You know, yeah. Like, you know, like no one in my school, no one, you know, some of my friends got the horror thing. Some of my friends got the punk rock thing, but I felt like the magical it, combination. Yeah. Of the two. In some, in some respects, like it was, you know, my friends, my, yeah, I like the dead milkman. I, I listened to a misfits record, but I was really the only one I was, I would go to the shows by myself. Like I right. wasn't going with a posse of friends. It was like me. Yeah. You know, and I would go and, you know, just try to, like, meet people there and make friends there because no one else was really that into it that they were willing to. Not that I was Joe Hardcore, but I was, you know, I was yeah. motivated enough to, I'm going to save 10 bucks and take a train for 5 bucks and another 5 you know. I think that's funny. Side note, it's funny to bring up Joe <laughs> because the the guys beating up kids on the way to Club Pizzazz yeah, were, were, like, his uncles. Him, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, not him. He was young, you know, he young kid. Us, he told you told me he mentioned that, like, yeah, those are my uncles that beat up. Oh, yeah, or like people ass. he like were like before, you know. And so then he got into music a little bit through his mom, who was like a, a metal promoter. Okay, and then now he loves some of the bands that I'm sure his relatives yeah, right, threatened back in the day, <laughs> or like his idols or whatever. I just think it's really funny. But yeah, like that whole neighborhood. I mean, to to think. When you think about where Club Pizzazz is in that part of Frankfurt, oh, you're yeah. like, people went there for shows? Yeah, yeah, At that yeah. time, like, I think later on, Philadelphia hardcore became very urban because of kids in places like Frankfurt being like, oh, I'm right. into hardcore. And that became the thing. Mm. But then a lot of kids were coming in from the suburbs. Like, a lot of kids who liked those bands were not like, I'm going to walk down the street to Club Pizzazz. Right. Like, that's not right, how no. what was happening. Um, so uh, we, we kind of made a little bit of a transition to film. So I wanted to ask, like, directly, like, Clearly, a lot of people like movies. Mm. A lot of people appreciate horror. You, much like us, are sort of at a different level where you can actually compare your relationship to movies to your relationship to punk and to music and whatever. How did that start for you? How did you get into that? How did that become? Before we get into this, though. Oh, okay. you have another question. Go ahead. No. I just want this a point. Do you realize how much of an impact you've had on like many people because of what you do? 
Oh, I was going to uh, end with that. Look no, at you no, going there first. No, that's where you start, man. Because okay. here's the thing. The only reason that you and I are doing this, one of the main reasons anyway, is because of the movies that you guys put on. And I always say this to Joseph because it makes him really uncomfortable and I think that's really funny. But, you know, like, you have influenced the tastes of people that genuinely give a shit about movies. That's very nice of you to say. That makes me uncomfortable too, though. I, I, I never think. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know. That's, that's the only reason really you bring funny. that up is to make. Yeah, uncomfortable. but it's also the goddamn truth. Is the I, thing. it's very nice of you to say. I appreciate that. Because um, Liam and I have followed since the hard one. Since um, you guys. Yeah, I mean the first uh, the first exhumed event I went to was the uh, Evil Dead Two Halloween double feature. Oh, shit, that's pretty early. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, very yeah. early. That yeah. was this. My gosh, that was the first year anniversary. Yeah, I think so. That would have been 98. Yeah, I know. It had to be because the girl I was dating at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, so my very specific memory is that that event started way late, and she, unlike me, had an actual job. Right. And so as Halloween was starting, what, one in the morning? It was like later, she's do- doing the, but I got work tomorrow. And I'm uh, like, honey, this is Halloween. And remember, it wasn't. It was Evil Dead Two, an unannounced other yeah, movie. Yeah, right. Because we didn't know. And if I'm we thinking. Could... I'm thinking. What the fuck is this going to be? I'm probably going to leave. And I'm like, well, let's just see what it is. And when Halloween started, I, I literally turned her and I, and I was like, we're not fucking leaving. And she's like, I'm not staying for this movie. And I'm like, we are not leaving. And that was our first big. Wow, movie, yeah, the first time That's I saw Lucio Fulci zombie was was at your hands. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the first time I... which one of the umpteen times yeah, we, we showed I, it i know that you guys showed it a million times i, I think that was was it am i correct was it at the harwin or was it did you see it somewhere else it was at the i remember stone pillars was stone that the pillars in the theater like what i don't know i don't remember maybe i'm mixing up my old tiny yeah. theaters but uh I or mean, maybe at the broadway i don't remember stone pillars per se but do you recall? Have any recollection of what year it would have been? It would have. I don't remember. It was so long ago at this point. But I'm uh, so much better than you at a specific I know, one. Because you're, you're smarter than me. <laughs> oh, you have beautiful hair. But um, <laughs> the thing is, uh, like that, and then the Hoyts Theater. Remember that? And yeah. Guys were there, uh, and then... I think I went to uh, uh, at the Hoyts. Did you guys do like a Japanese? Double feature. We did a kung fu double feature. We did uh, thirty six chambers of Shaolin. Oh no, we did do a Japanese. yeah. It was a uh, it was a Mike. It was uh, uh, it was like um, wait, was it Uzumaki maybe or we because we did one of the Uzumaki was one and then the other one was because um, that was the first time I saw Uzumaki and then it wasn't Ichi the Killer. It was uh, the the gangster one Dead or Alive. Yeah, it was Dead yeah. or Alive. Yeah. It was Dead or Alive yeah, and Uzumaki. Yeah, yeah. And I remember. I had been to a couple at the Harwin, and then I hadn't been to any for a while. And then I got this, and I'm like, oh, these are those horror dudes. This yeah. must be like a horror thing. And yeah. I, at that time, my experience of Asian film was all kung fu action. Right. So I'm go- I went to that thing, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. I had no yeah, – yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know anything about that whole Japanese yeah, horror. horror. Yeah. That was not – and that was my first experience, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck just happened to me. <laughs> it was it was great. It was a formative yeah. experience. Yeah. I do recall yeah. that as well. That and the first time I saw Tale of Two Sisters were two like the things that hmm. – which wasn't you guys. No, right. Just like, right. what the shit is this? And oh, so we, let, let's get to the thing. So how oh, did yeah. that – how did that happen for you? I'm sure you knew lots of people who, for example, liked Evil Dead too. But your interest went beyond. Obviously, Evil Dead Two is pretty good. Like, right? How did that? How did Evil that? Evil Dead Two tattoo? Do you know that? No, I don't. I have a. Tattoo. What do you have it up? Let me see. It's a uh, the Book of the Dead. Oh yeah, the Necronomicon thing. Oh, yeah. nice. Wow. 
That's good. That's awesome. That's good. Dan Hank did. You're cooler than me. I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, I the Danzig tattoo. Oh, Dan, Dan Hank from uh, Dan Hank, who does the horror writing guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. From but Deep what Six. shop is he in? He was at Deep Six. That's, now that's where I know. Else. I know him from Deep Six. That's yeah, where yeah, yeah. I got my Godzilla sleeve. Was uh, Paul from Deep Six? Oh, Paul's awesome. Um, Paul Acker? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Good work, man. We're moving into territory sorry. that's not fun to listen to. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> For Liam. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm just letting you know, if I'm starting to get that into it, then... <laughs> but, well, let me give a shout out to Paul Acker. Anyone who's into tattoos, or even just horror, or even but just... yours isn't like the hyper-realistic kind. No, no. It's no. It's not so much portraity as it is more... I wouldn't call it cartoony, but it's, it's almost like... Um, it's not photorealistic. A lot of the right. stuff he does is it's photorealistic. Like but you should absolutely... Your listeners should absolutely uh, look up Paul Acker, A-C-K-E-R. He does the most amazing horror and genre portrait stuff. Oh, like, yeah. It's ridiculous. It really like, I look at some insane. of his things, I'm like, I can't believe that's a tattoo on someone. Yeah. Right. It, it genuinely looks like it's wet. Like, the blood looks wet on people when they when he does it. And, but, it but, and there's, like, the gross-out horror stuff. But, like, I just, like, he'll do, like, he did, like, a black and white Morrissey tattoo on somebody. Sure. I'm like Jesus Christ, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he did a. He just did a. Uh, I, I don't know why you would want this tattoo particularly, but he did Leonardo DiCaprio from Django. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone's got Leonardo DiCaprio from Django, but it's such a good tattoo. It's so like it's yeah. it's amazingly beautiful. So, if anyone listens, likes film and tattoo, I don't know how that would possibly cross over but if they do why they would they should, be listening to cinepunks if they like I know, films and tattoos they should look at right look up Paul Acker his stuff's yeah. crazy and Deep Six and everyone else right okay can uh, we, but let's, anyway, do, let's do this question so the, what's the question again <laughs> how you got into this oh, yeah 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 right so um, as far as I mean I've always loved horror films my entire sure life. sure my earliest memories are of horror movies and um, I learned how to read True story. I learned how to read so that I could learn how to read the TV guide so that I could figure out when horror movies were playing. Oh my gosh. And I have, I have, you know, vivid memories of a couple things. Because there's, there's loving horror films and then there's loving projected film. And I think yeah. that there's a distinction, or at least they're, they're kind of two different things. Sure. And I mentioned before, you know, my father and I didn't have a great relationship throughout my life. Um, a perfectly stable relationship, but not yeah. like we didn't have a lot in common. He was a big athlete and loved sports and wanted me to be a, you know, uh, a sports fan and uh, a baseball player. And I just wasn't. You just and didn't like it. No, I just had no interest in it. And he had no interest in the arts. Like he, my father has never played an instrument or listened to music or watched really a movie. Um, so we just had very different, um, mindsets but the one thing that i will say that he indulged me in is in the days before video we used to have a super 8 projector oh, and shit. we used to go to up the street here there was a store called a department store called two guys two guys department store <laughs> which was <laughs> two, it begs two more guys. questions than answers really but go on uh it's a it was a great store they had a bowling alley in the store it, it, you can't you can't make shit up like this. Like this in the it was the seventies. Also, it was seventies in the, in Jersey. There was a bowling alley. They used to have a cartoon kiosk where like you would go to this. It looked like a, like a like a photomat booth or not or like a yeah like where you get like your strip pictures taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would go in and watch Heckle and Jekyll cartoons for free. They were just like playing on like a little TV. Um, but they used to sell Super Eight films. 
Um, and I feel like I have some sitting around here. I'll have to look. Um, I feel like I am in my basement somewhere. And my dad would buy them, and, you know, it was, like, condensed versions of monster movies. Sure. So I would get Frankenstein and the mummy and all this stuff and condense it was like a seven minute film and he would project them on the living room wall wow. and so yeah I, I i would watch stuff on tv you know when it was on uh creature double feature or whatever but there was something really magical about projected films yeah that was different there was somehow you know i don't know why but the experience really stuck with me and so i think that was part of my love for rocky horror too was like yeah you can watch rocky horror and, and at this point of course we've got video and whatever else and you can watch stuff on video but there's it really kind of cemented in me there's something to be said for the theatrical experience sure seeing this projected and seeing it with people who are like-minded and you know it's just it really does dovetail it's the same thing as punk rock you know you sort of like we're the only ones who get this and we're all here together and we're enjoying this together and it's that sense of like community. that shared experience in that yeah. community that Rocky Horror had and punk rock shows had that I remember thinking, that's what I want for horror films. Like I want to have that sense of community and not just, you know, me and my friends watching it in, you know, in the living room, but let's, let's do this in a theater. And even back as far as the Rocky Horror days, cause here's where. Okay. Now come full circle. Not two to my own horn, but Rocky Horror at the Harwin was in part because of me. Because we did it at Echelon, and then there was a point where Echelon stopped running it. And sure. so we had a couple months downtime where, like, they weren't sure they wanted to keep doing it, so we were done. And I lived in Audubon, so I could walk to the Harwin. Yeah. So I would walk to the Harwin just to watch uh. movies. And I remember going to see something in, this would have been 80 or 88 or so, I guess. 88 or 89. I guess 88. Going to see something, and it said, Friday night, Rocky Horror. And I went and I talked to the manager of the theater. I'm like, you guys showing Rocky Horror? Like, yeah. I'm like, like just one time or all the time? He's like, well, we're going to try it out. You know, next weekend's the first weekend. He's like, do you have a cast for it? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, the, there's, there's a cast. A people, people perform. There's a, there's a whole thing. Yeah. He's like, no, we don't. I'm like, okay, because I'm actually part of a cast and we might be interested. And I went to the transducer guys. I'm like, hey, listen. The Harwin, this theater under me, they're doing it. We should totally go. And, and, you know, I talked to them, and the guy said, you know, he'd be interested in hearing about it. So I brought the transducers over there. And so, and when you, when Rocky Horror existed there, that was that same troupe. That's uh, awesome. Probably at the point where you were going, I was probably, I, I was probably long since out of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, this is like 95, 96. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was well done with it. But by that point, but, um, just because I had gone away to college, like I, I, I ended you when I went to, to college. And I went to New Brunswick, and so that just kind of ended, you know, my relationship with those guys. Um, but so I remember even back when we were doing Rocky Horror at the Harwin, you know, and I was performing the cast, talking to the manager. I'm like, listen, because remember it was a big. We were doing a Halloween show, and it was like a big event. I'm like, we should get a horror movie to play before it. I'm like, before we show Rocky Heart, we should show like Hellraiser or something or Evil Dead oh, 2. Man. And she's like, that's a great idea. But she didn't really know how to do it. Like she talked to, right. I remember like she talked to her distributor and she's like, yeah, our distributor said he can't get it in those movies. And at the time I was like, fuck, that would be great if we could show a horror movie before. And so I always had that idea. And then it just kind of like, it was just always back there. And it was a couple years later. It was after, I guess, I was after college. 
you know, I had moved back to Audubon. I was living in my parents' house and I was working at, um, video store and i worked at the video store with jesse from exhumed films which video store it was west coast video in okay. audubon which i was a wow person so i was just okay wondering. no yeah, yeah, yeah. wow in over here or which yeah, one yeah yeah, yeah. I, one I, lived in, I lived in collingswood yeah okay so. totally um so this would have been you know i worked actually i worked i still worked at the video store i worked there when i was in high school and then when even when i was in college i would come home a couple weekends a month and work just to keep kind of like that relationship with them. And sure. I would work over summer break and such. And so that's where Jesse Nelson from yes. Jim and I had been gone to high school together and we worked there. And then eventually Harry, um, who was a couple years younger than us, then he started working there and we were all working together and we would watch movies and I'm like, damn it, we should figure out a way to do this, to like make movies, you know, to be able to show movies on, you know, theatrically. And so we went to the Harwin. You know, they still remembered me from Rocky Heart. I'm like, listen, if we could find a movie, would you be willing to let us show it? You know, we'll pay. You know, what's a reasonable price? And they gave us some ridiculously low price. Like, I think it was like, how about like you give us two hundred bucks and you can rent the theater? I'm like, yeah, okay, great. And then we got in touch with Bob Morowski from uh, Grindhouse. Actually, oh, yeah. I don't think. I don't think I don't remember. I don't think we dealt with Bob directly back then. I think it was one of the guys who worked with Bob. Okay. And I remember saying, like, I heard that you might have a 35-millimeter print of Zombie. You know, is that true? And if so, how much would you charge to rent it? And, you know, he was very nice and got back to us. said, yeah, we have Zombie and Gates of Hell. And at that point, we loved, we loved, like, Sure. They were my, I, Fulci films were my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember going to the video store and I remember literally dancing. I was like dancing. I'm like, I just got an email back and they can, they said that we could borrow and like for no money. It was like, just like, just give us a, a cut of, you know, whatever happens, you know, like whatever you get, just send us 30% or whatever it was. And so we got together. It was the three of us and Joseph. And how did of, you meet Joseph? I met Joseph through Rocky Horror as well. Right. Because at the same time, and I'm sure he's told you this in his podcast, in the same time that I was doing Rocky Horror, he so in the Cabbage late 80s, Collective. he was, well, this was before Cabbage Collective. Uh-oh. He was... Um, Come on, Josh, let him talk. I'm sorry. That's okay. He was living... It's an exciting story. <laughs> he was living in, uh, he lived in Blackwood, which, you know, is up the street a bit. And so he was doing, he was booking punk rock shows or hardcore shows at the Harwin on like Saturday oh, yeah, afternoons. So the Harwin really yeah. became kind of like, for me, for a while, it was like a totally cool hub of, you know, Counter all of my culture. interests. Like yeah. on Saturday afternoons, you'd go for like a $4 or $5 hardcore show. And then you'd, you know, go home and get something to eat and then come back that same night for Rocky Horror. Were there any... Do you remember any particular bands that you saw specifically at the Harwin? It's kind of a weird space for. I mean, it works. It was a weird space. The biggest band that played there was. I remember this was after I think uh, I was doing Rocky Horror stuff, but I remember Joseph got Neurosis to play there. Neurosis played. Oh shit! I forgot about that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, At the time, it was mostly. Again, probably the biggest name would have been. uh, the policy of three guys before they were policy sure, of three. Sure, 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 sure. It was, uh, which it was, uh, matter of fact. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. So, matter of fact, they were kind of the big name. Um, Joseph's band, Orgasmic Toilet Band, played a couple times. Right. Um, I'm, I don't remember the band, but I remember there was one band that played a song. 
called Rawhead Rex, and it was a song about the about the movie, the, movie. Yeah, the Clive Barker yeah, yeah, movie yeah. and story. And I'm thinking this song's kind of dumb, but I appreciate the fact that they're singing a song about Rawhead Rex. And sure, I, sure. I wish I remembered who that band was, but you know, it, it was mostly you know, and it kind of it kind of segued from once the metal guys got wind of the punk rock kids were doing shows, then like the metal kids started doing shows sure. too, and then that became like you know. The metal crowd, they're they're shady, and that became a whole thing where they were like vandalizing the theater and shit. Oh, and so eventually, the shows, they, they eventually they petered out. Yeah, there out. was a there was a Mortal Decay show there that I yeah. think went very poorly. Yes, that right. That's but it was right. all New Jersey. What was funny about that show is the flyer was very metal, Mortal Decay headline, but all the openers were hardcore bands. It was like yeah. Burnside. It was all yeah, those yeah, like yeah. local oh, South yeah. Jersey bands, and then Mortal Decay. But I heard that show went. And Terrible, I think yeah. ACS showed up for that show, oh, which is oh, a yeah, really yeah. good scene. So. Right, right. Yeah. Back then, I don't think I don't know if they exist anymore. But yeah, right. so yeah, okay. So you're doing you started doing that. How did that first Exhumed show go? Are you doing the first? Were you you didn't were you called Exhumed yet? No, we didn't have a name. Right, right. Because we're screening. Right, right. The idea was we're going to do this and see what happens. And honestly, it was kind of like a one and done. Like our our attitude at the time was let's just do this because we were. We weren't convinced that anyone else would come. Sure. And what it all came down to, when we factored in advertising and renting the movie and sending, or renting the theater and sending money to Grindhouse, we estimated, okay, it'll be 600 bucks. For $600, we can pull this off and everybody's paid a reasonable amount of money. And so there are four of us and we're like, well, shit, what's the worst that happens? If nobody shows up, we each paid 150 bucks. Now, you know, again, we were in college. Sure. Or just out of college or, not in college yet, you know, in Harry's case or whatever. Um, so 150 bucks wasn't a in, little money. wasn't inconsequential, but at the same time, I was living with my parents. I wasn't yeah. paying rent. I'm like, I was working at the video store. I'm like, you know what? So I worked for a week or two, and but I got to see these two movies. You know, and like and that's if nobody comes, I would be sad. But that's absolutely worth uh, taking a shot. And yeah. paying 150 bucks, and that's at the end of the day, that's all I would potentially lose. Yeah, I want to watch these movies, and it went really well. Except the only well, there was a, a couple downsides. First of all, Rocky Horror was still going on back then, and I was still friendly with you know some of the guys from the cast. Some of the folks from when I was doing it in high school were still doing it, so you know they were they had been around for a while. And I, I went to them. I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm doing this thing here at the Harwin. Do you mind if, um, like, I come one night and just plug it before the show?" And I'm like, "No, that's cool." And so I came up and on stage, and they're like, hey, "Here's Dan. He used to be part of the cast. He's a good guy." And I said, "Hey, we're doing this thing. It's happening. Um, I think we. I guess we did it. It was a Friday night. Like Rocky Horror was usually on a Saturday. So we're like, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna come to Rocky next week, Friday night, the night before, we're doing these horror movies. You know, for Halloween, you should come to that too. And it worked and was great in that we got a lot of people. We were sure. a relatively large amount of people. But during Gates of Hell, everyone started like Mystery Science Theater, like joking oh, and like oh, shouting no, stuff at the screen man. and making jokes. And and I remember like my heart sinking. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, that's not what this is. I'm like these movies are amazing. And so did you? You guys are. Uh, pretty intense about that at the events, which we very much appreciate. Yeah, yeah, Did that yeah. start from day yes, one? From, from day that one, moment, from day one. I was like, I was like, no, no, no. These people don't understand. And I remember running up to the projection booth, and uh, Norm was the projection. I'm like, I'm like, Norm, we gotta do something. I'm like, these people. And so Norm got on like the theater. Like he turned off the 
The film? He didn't turn off the film. He turned off the volume. The sound. And he yeah, turned yeah. off the sound. He came on the mic and he's like, there's no, like, there's no talking over the movies. I'm like, if you insist on talking, we're going to stop the films. And so people were kind of like grumbly, but they stopped. And, and so, like, the first 20, 30 minutes or so of Gates of Hell were like horrific for me because of that. But once that stopped, then it was okay. Yeah. But, but then it was like, there were people drinking in the theater and, you know, unlike, you know, National House, the, the, the Harvard people were really worried about that. And so they went to us. I'm like, there's people drinking in here. I'm like, okay, what should I do? I'm like, you need to tell them no drinking. I'm like, okay. And so I went up to this guy. He's like big, like, oh, no. guy. And I'm like, I'm like, you can't drink that beer in here. He's like, all right. And so I went back and I'm like, okay, I took care of it. I told him he can't drink. Right. And she's like, where's the beer? I'm like, well, I guess he still possesses it, but he, <laughs> he said he wouldn't drink it anymore. I said it to him. He's like, no, no, no. He's got to get rid of it. And so I had to go back to him like, okay, you need to get rid of the beer. He's like, all right, I will. I'm like, no. I'm like, I need to watch you dump out the beer. And so, you know, and at this point, I was already – it was actually my first year of teaching. So I had, I guess, this experience of like confronting people. But the guy's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And so I had to like stand – as he's like oh, pouring man. out, because I felt like the biggest asshole. He's like pouring his beer in the sink, looking at me. Oh, man. I'm like, sorry. <sighs> so, so you had you, so this is you said this is your first year of teaching. It was my first year of teaching. So yeah. you've been teaching as you've been doing these events. Yes. Have there been like former students? Yeah, who yeah. Show yeah. up. Yes, absolutely. My, the first my first memory of it was, um, we had done, we did a show. It was within our first year. It was before that. Uh, Evil Dead show that you were mentioning before the Evil Dead Horror. It was the summer, or Evil Dead Halloween. It was the summer. Might have been the show right before. It was August of '98, and we were showing two Italian films. I want to say it was Burial Ground and Night of the Zombies. Wow. Oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. Excuse me. Cannibal Ferox and oh, Night wow. of the Zombies. Fuck. I believe, or something. It was. It was two Italian. two Italian horror films. No, neither of which are what you would call pleasant. No, <laughs> they're not fun. No, they're not times. fun. They're not kid friendly. Yeah, no. and um, and there were people being assholes and they're talking and we're, and at this point we had the very clear. We gave the instructions that we had learned our lesson. Gave instructions <laughs> beginning: no talking over the movies. You're not telling jokes. You're not shouting back to the screen. You're watching respectful. And I think it was Jesse came to me. He's like, "These guys down here are being assholes. Go deal with it." I was like, all right. And so I remember walking down and like, listen, you guys have to stop. And it was one of my students. I was like, I was like, hello, Rob. He's like, hi, Mr. Fraga. I was like, Rob, you need to stop talking during the movie. He's like, okay. Did you you threaten detention at all? No, that was enough. I'm like, are we, we understand each other? I I totally switched into teacher mode. He's like, yes. And I just, as I'm walking away, I heard his friend, he's like, who is that? He's like, dude, it's my teacher. <laughs> what, 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 I like, what I like to think after is that he didn't explain that I was actually the person programming the shows, that his friend just thought like his teacher showed up in the middle of this movie to scold him. Just follow around. Like later on, he's at, later, later on, he's at Taco Bell and you're just like, will you stop shooting spitballs? I think it's a little late for you, Rob. Aren't you past curfew here? <laughs> oh, that's so good. So, I, I mean, I, I think you, you drew a connection that we've done. I mean, that's sort of part of the theory of the podcast is yeah, that, like, that for us synergy. in these two worlds, they seem related. And, you know, ex- 
it's a little – I think it's actually easier for people to see the connection with Exhumed because a lot of people in the horror are also weirdos. Yeah, and whether yeah. they go to punk and hardcore, chances are they've been to some – you know, a, a good chunk of the crowd. The I'm looking yeah. around. I'm like, you, you've yeah. been to a weird thing. Maybe yeah, right. it was not the same weird thing I was into, but you – this is not your own thing. But they, I think this is true, and I don't know if you feel this way, of film in general that like – uh, a community can be formed around these interests, around being into film, around sure. being into uh, th- that sort of thing. And sometimes it does. Uh, I think you could definitely point to Austin as a place where that exists. Right. Uh, and then sometimes it doesn't, where it's just, you know, people don't see that connection. Right. Um, do you think that idea of community formed for you prior to how long have you guys been doing zoom now 17 years yeah this is it'll be yeah it'll be 18 years in october so yeah our, that's amazing so you've been doing this for 18 years do you if think as a child it'll be graduating high school that's, that's right true. that's true <laughs> do you feel like that that idea of people coming together developed over time or is that part of your motivation to do it in the first place i think that again kind of and i'm sure that joseph would have talked about this coming from that experience in, in you know in the punk and hardcore world I think that definitely that was a big part of what we were hoping for. Not to, I don't want to say like we had grandiose ideas like we're going to create a scene, right. you know, but just the sense that when you want, when you love something so much that you want to share it with other people, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that that's at the heart of any scene, so to speak. And, you know, we could easily have rented these movies and done a private screening. Well, not easily, but, you know, we could have done it. That's or just, a invited, or yeah. just invited our friends, you know, but it's the sense that, Part of it's, you know, we want to make our money back so that we don't lose all this money. Sure. But part of it's like, how crazy is it that we can show zombie to the people in Mount Ephraim? You know, yeah. people who've never seen this and kind of, I don't mean to sound pompous or like, and, you know, enlighten them or expose them to this. But like, there's this crazy thing that I love and that I want you to love it too. And, you know, or if you already love it, I want to share it with you, you know, simultaneously. Um so I don't know if it was an active like let's try to create a you know an environment this community but it it did happen pretty quickly you know and I think that a great example of that is um I'm I'm guessing you might know um Nick who comes to a lot of maybe you don't uh there's a guy named Nick who comes to a lot of the Exhum shows and I met Nick over the internet before the first Exhum show because I was okay. posting, I was posting online just to news groups at the time, like sure, all sure. about horror. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, hey, we're showing these movies in New Jersey, and this guy emailing me and saying, hey, I love those movies, I want to come. Uh, are you going to sell T-shirts? And I was like, I remember yeah. you guys telling right, this we story. told the story, yeah, right? Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, I guess I never thought of that. And so I went to Joseph. I'm like, what do you think about T-shirts? This kid wants a T-shirt. And he's like, yeah, well, we can make a T-shirt. And so, sure, Nick, we'll we'll sell a T-shirt if you want. Not that we're doing, but like, yeah, yeah, we'll have them. And you know, he came to that first show and he bought this T-shirt. And then he's like, are you doing any more shows? And we kind of said, well, yeah, you know, um, maybe because this one went off well. Maybe we'll do another one. And we did another one a couple months later. And so that was. Again, almost 18 years ago. And now Nick comes to Harry's every Tuesday night, too. You yeah. know? And so it's the sense that, you know, here's a kid who, I say a kid, I was a whopping 24, I think, when we started Exhum. But Nick was like 18. So he was, you know, he's this high school kid. You know? uh, a little, little, right, little yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but here's this guy who, you know, has 
he's coming to all of our things. And so, you know, it's cool that, you know, he's sharing this with us. And it happened pretty quickly that we started seeing the same people. You know, we've only done three or four shows, but look, this guy's been to all of them. And so it was, it was really this great sense of, wow, you know, people are really appreciating, you know, what we're doing. And I think uh, to your point from earlier, I, I think like the, the biggest compliments we were or ever paid is when people would get in touch with us and say, Hey, can you come to so-and-so and do an exhum show here? And I'd say, no, but why don't you do it? Here's how yeah. you can, here's how you can do That's it. That's awesome. You know, like the sense of, and, um, it's that weird full circle about being a teacher too. Right. Yeah. You know, well, and I, and I mean, especially if you can work with, I mean, Harry's collection is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, like, being, you know, saying, like, yeah, we have access to a movie. Why don't you do it? Why don't right. you be someone who will put this on? That and, is awesome. You know, it's right. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I, the thing is, you know, like like we just said, 18 years. You know, the, yeah. basically, he exhumed as an adult now right. uh, to some <laughs> extent. Uh, my question for y'all, and, and I don't know if you have an easy answer for this, is how does this how does it stay interesting? I mean, obviously – you're not showing zombie every year. That's yeah. And I mean, if you did, you would be it, crazy at this point. Is it right. because Harry keeps on getting all these wacky prints? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, shit, what's this? Yeah, that, that's really, um, that's really what it comes down to. You know, a, a lot of the times people come up to come up to us at shows and say, you know, I like what you're doing, but I really wish you would show the thing again or you would show zombie again because I'm like, well, we've shown that four times. Yeah, sure. But but and but I try to keep in perspective. We've shown it four times over 18 years, or almost 18 years. Right, and for me, it, for me, it seems like, God, we show that movie all the time. You know, like at least every four years. I mean, I mean, if I if I think about my life, how many times have I watched the thing over the last 18 years, just at home? It's like right. probably like six times. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. so right. so so I get it. But like, there's a lot of people who have only discovered us within the last two, three, four, five years. Right. I'm like. I missed all of that. And, you know, part of me wants to say, yeah, well, we should throw some people a bone because a lot of people didn't get to experience that. But at the risk of sounding self-centered, we do this, We and we always have done it for us. You know, if we wanted to do a a marketable first show, we're like, let's find Halloween and The Shining, or, right, or Nightmare. But, like, no, let's show Fulci films, you know, because that's what I want to see. You know, so... As far as keeping it interesting, if you you know if you look at the shows we're doing, like the next show uh, at the International House is um, three and a Milligan movies. Yes, you know, and I don't know, I don't know who's go- I don't know who's going to come to it. It's part of right. That's part of uh, it's going to be part of the uh, Cinadelphia Film Fest. I don't know who's going to come to it, but they're really good movies. Like sure. good, you know, in air quotes. Yeah. Um, I watched them because I'm actually not going to be. I'm away during that show. I'm not going to be in town. So I, I wanted to see the movie. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, I watched them at Harry's. And to go back to an hour and a half ago, this is a, a total on track. Is the first movie in particular uh, we're showing is um, Torture Dungeon. And have you seen it? No. Okay. Imagine if John Waters made Pink Flamingos but set it in 
medieval times. And that's basically torture dungeon. It's like it's that sounds awesome. It's really awesome. No, like at first I was like, oh, this totally plays like a John Waters film. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, in a sense, like it's not like let's be the filthiest people alive, but it's kind of like this guy is this completely transgressive. He's this sadistic. Um, bisexual madman who keeps people locked in a dungeon and he is like there's a lot of common themes he's like trying to force inseminate this woman I'm like you know this is kind of like pink flamingos oh and man it's Shit. and it's completely ridiculous and completely absurd and it's so so dumb but it's so entertaining and again like that's what I'm like this is the kind of thing that I love like people who have never seen things like this like that's what i want to show like, yeah if i wanted to make money yes i could make the next show whatever let's do zombie again let's do american werewolf in london again or something but i'm like no like no one's seen this you should totally watch this right you know so what interests me is doing that like trying to find things that people haven't seen before that are worth their time right you know yeah. so i think i think it only becomes an issue and but this has nothing to do with y'all no, that's fine. is that uh, that there aren't that many things in Philly. Like, I think people who maybe they just moved here a couple years ago, they just found out about you and they're like, man, you know, I like what you're doing. I wish I could see this though. The reality is that, unfortunately, in Philadelphia, you can't say, oh, you don't worry about it. I'm sure this place will do it. Well, it's like you guys are kind of the only game in uh, town. Well, yes and no. I mean, the Colonial does a lot of the stuff that the Colonial Theater. I mean, but I that's like those a, guys. that is a drive, though. Eh, it's you not. Uh, here's the thing. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Those are the guys that give the flyers at the exhibition. Yeah, right? and, and I've been to the Colonial quite a few times. But I understand that there are people who are into exhumed who are not quite at the point in their lives where they're like, "Sure, let's go to the Colonial." Like, I think right. that's a little bit of a. I mean, I moved outside of the city, and where are so you I'm, I live in Easton now. Okay. So. Everything's a drive. So I'm looking at like the Mahoning drive-in. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they're doing 35 at the Mahoning drive-in. I'm going to go there all the time. That's we're, an hour away, but I'm going to fucking go because – We're going to be – you know, we're doing stuff there. So. Yeah, I, I, I got that feeling. And in fact, I forgot to tell Josh about this. They want to do an episode of Cinepunk sometimes. Yeah. I forgot about that. So that's that's cool. I'm all about that. But what I'm saying is if you just – some of the people who I've met at Exhum – events now are college students they just moved to philly yeah they're going to drexel upenn wherever and they're like oh there's horror movies in west philly right. i'm gonna go it's harder for them to go. so that's not to say you guys should start doing it what i'm saying is i wish there were more people doing things so you could say oh well you're never gonna see fucking robocop at the international right. house yeah. but you could see robocop at someplace you know, else in a couple of months but yeah. even yeah and, and i get that and I, I i agree with you to an extent but i mean even the international house Outside of Exhumed shows, has there's, started showing. They're starting doing some interesting stuff. They're starting doing, films, yeah. yeah, they're starting. Well, and I do think they did like Road Warrior, and I think they did Robocop, or maybe, or I don't know. I don't think so, but they did do Road Warrior, and that was awesome. I went yeah, to yeah, that. yeah. And, and I do think that's one of the things Justin, you know, Justin Miller's doing a lot more. You know, he's on staff there, but he's also you know pushing. And I think uh, when there were more things going on in the city, it was probably easier for an international house to say we're doing a month. Of films so obscure they wouldn't play in Paris, right, you know, right, like right. that was easier. I think now they're becoming more and more like, hey, when it comes to thirty-five millimeter, they're basically they're the only game in town. Really, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're the only screen that does thirty-five like that. Right? I, they, you can do be. you can do thirty-five at the Roxy, but again, yeah, we're just true. not fans. We're yeah, just not. Just it's so like small. It's a yeah. whatever. I'm I'm gonna stop 
trash talking the Roxy because I want to <laughs> I want to be about community. This inspired right, right. me to be about community. Right, right. So they're in the community. It's just not my favorite part of the community. Okay, uh, we, we've been going a little long, so let's uh, let's wrap up with this is a good transition because you just plugged an event. Was there any other events you want to plug? Yeah, I'm super excited for. Um, also part of the Philadelphia, or excuse me, the Cynadelphia Film Festival. We're doing a show on the 15th, okay. I think, at, at the Philomoca. Cool. And it's called... Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, Creature Features. Yeah. And again, this goes back to, I mean, I, I know this is online and people can't see in my basement, but like all the posters and stuff I've got around my basement here are, it's the classic stuff. It's the yeah. old... King you know, Kong Escapes, Inframan, yeah, Revenge of the Creature. I... I, I yeah, I I love um, all the I love all the gore and uh, monster stuff, you know, from the '60s, '70s, and '80s. But my heart is really, truly in the childhood experiences of you know the Frankenstein movies, yeah. the, the monster movies, yeah. and I yeah, and I grew up with Creature Double Feature, and I grew up with Doctor Shock on Channel Seventeen, and all those shows, and so. For years, Harry and I have been talking about, let's do a recreation of those shows, but let's do it the way that you would have watched it when you were a kid, which, and again, I date myself, but when we were kids, when you would you know watch it on a Saturday afternoon or late night Saturday night, you'd watch the movie, and of course, every 20 minutes, it would cut to commercial. Yeah. So what we've, what we've done is, and Harry just texted me the other day, very excited, um, because he's putting the commercial reels together. So we've taken two films, which would have played, they're, they're TV prints. Sure. Um... It's The Mummy's Revenge and Fury of the Wolfman. They're two Spanish horror films. Yeah. Paul Nashi wow. films. That, and they would have played on um, these kind of creature feature shows. And again, the, when you watched those things when you were a kid or in the 70s or the 80s, they were projecting them on 16mm. And then, you know, basically on television, it was, they were taken, the broadcast was taken from 16 prints. So the movies Harry has that we're going to show are actual TV prints in 16 millimeter and at, in the commercial breaks are still in the film print. Yeah. Like where you would put in your, each studio would, or the station would put its own commercials. So we're putting vintage commercials in. So basically every 20 minutes of the movie will cut to a commercial break and you'll see two minutes or so of 70s or 80s commercials. That is, that's really cool. Um, it's going to be fun. We also have, um, Stella from uh, right. Saturday Night Dead, which was, you know, when I would go to Rocky Horror, I would come home, and on Saturday nights, I would be home by like 2, 2.30, catch the last hour or so of Saturday Night Dead, which was on um, Channel 3 in Philly. It was a late-night horror show on Saturdays that they would play after Saturday Night Live, hence the clever title. Um, and Stella was the horror hostess, and she lives in town now. She lives yeah. down the street from me. And so she's going to be, her name is not Stella, her name is Karen, um, but she's going to be coming and talking about, you know, the classic, classic age of horror hosting and uh, Saturday Night Dead and... Uh, a time a time that I think we should be nostalgic about. Like yeah. that's, and, and it's funny, you'd think in the age of sort of internet curated stuff, that would come back. Yeah. you think someone would come back and say like... Hey, subscribe to my. They're doing whatever. it. They're doing it. If, okay. if, I mean, I, I haven't really watched much. Well, first of all, Spenguli's still around. Spenguli is really? based in. Yeah, he's yeah, based yeah, in yeah. Chicago, um, and that's where he started. But he, um, when I was a kid, he for a while hosted Creature Double Feature in Philly. It was. Um, yeah. What's the word? Not uh, syndicated. It was syndicated. Yeah, sure. Um, 
But you can watch him on. I'm not. I have no vested interest in this, but I just like his show. It's on Saturday nights at ten o'clock on in Comcast here in Jersey. It's Channel Two, but it's it's called Me TV. It's based out of Allentown, and it's like a it's like a classic TV channel. They play like Star Trek, classic Star Trek, and Batman and F Troop and shit, you know. But on Saturdays at ten o'clock, they uh, broadcast Spangoolie, so you can still see. That programming, and I, I'm sure over the internet, there's all kinds of web shows where people are, are hosting. Be. There's gotta but, be. But, you know, we're doing it live. That's great. That's so oh, cool, 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 cool. Very good. Josh, what are you stoked about coming up? Los Crudos is playing on Monday. Oh, oh yeah. Wow, we're going to right. go see Los yeah, Crudos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are you going to come today? to Los Crudos? That's, That's on, on Monday? Monday? Yeah, it is. Yeah, a week from today. Wow. Uh-huh. See, I'm getting ready. I'm going, I'm driving to Florida, and I'm leaving on Wednesday night, and so... Monday sounds perfect. Yeah, I guess so. We'll have to see. That's, that's right. Temp- keep that in, that's keep that in mind. Where is yeah. that? Is that at the church? Oh, man. Right. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be so, so cool. Insane. Yeah. Limprist at the church was insane. And I love Crudos way more than I love Limprist. Who I still love. But no disrespect to Limprist. No disrespect yeah. to Limprist. Still. Yeah. God damn it. I've never seen Los Crudos. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. I still can't believe you've never so. seen them because you love them so much. Yeah, it's true. But this will be the first time and I'm way stoked. I'm actually bummed that I missed. They did the Punk Symposium yesterday at the Rotunda where Martin was showing his his documentary on Latino punk. Oh. Which I totally, I mean, you know. Yeah. Is uh, Hossi Pungo in there? Apparently, Hossi Pungo and Mass Control, like all those bands are in there. So, you know, all the ABC guys, like, bands. So the movie's called, like, Latino Voices or something like that. I've heard about the movie. Um, Well, that's another person we should try to have on the podcast. I already asked him. Uh, I'll tell you about that later. Oh, okay. Uh, Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so uh, anything else you wanted to to um, mention? Crudos, Biohazard the day after. Um, Shit, Biohazard is the day after. I'm going to have to stay down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be pretty insane two days. And then um, a winged victory for the Sullen and Low Solar playing on Thursday this week. I don't care about that. Oh, I'm so in love with that shit. That shit's (laughs) so beautiful to me. And so there's a lot of good music stuff coming up this week. And then pretty much that's it. Okay. Uh, yeah, again... Uh, oh, there's the Sendell Food Film Festival. Yeah, well, so fun. I was going to do that. Right, so go ahead. Right, yeah. uh, so, the only way I've ever seen Los Crudos is on Hate 5-6. Yeah. Which, funny <laughs> enough, we're doing that Hate 5-6 event for the Sendell Food Film Festival. Woo! Uh, I'm actually supposed to meet with Sonny this week to help plan it out. Um, as far as other music events, uh, unfortunately, I also have tickets for an event that same night. So I will be leaving our event... To rush over, someone planned the date without talking to me. So I'm going to go see the Mountain Goats immediately afterwards. Oh, wow. I have oh, tickets for that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, Mountain Goats event, if you already have tickets for Mountain Goats, you can still come to our event because they <laughs> are playing late enough that you <laughs> can do an event well done and then you can go see. But I just, I felt bad because when I first told my wife about the event, she's like, you plan an event on our special date? And I was like, uh, no, no, baby, I'm sorry. Ah! But I, then I looked up like, we can do both. It's fine. Liam so, is the sweetest woman. She is the yeah, sweetest woman. The world um, as far as other things, like I said, uh, Josh just mentioned some shows. Uh, Philly Hardcore Shows has a lot of shows coming a out. A lot. Rotting out. That's Biohazard. Yeah. Stark Weather with Dark Side with, New- NYC. And so, edgewise. Edgewise. Oh, so, Jesus you know, Christ, go, I would 100% say go to Philly Hardcore Shows. Shows.com. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, check out the Facebook group uh, or the Facebook page. Check it out. We have a lot of shows coming up. Nightbirds at Ortlieb's. There's a lot of stuff coming up, so please check those out. Uh, 
all my film stuff, other than that, I'm excited about is either Cinadelphia Film Fest stuff or Zoom stuff. So Dan already covered some of that. Go check it out. The only other thing I can say is um, a lot of people have heard about it, but I don't know if it's getting a wide release or not. But I loved It Follows. I loved it. I loved yeah, it. I loved it. It's not getting a wide release. No, they just said I it think is they, getting I think a wide it is now. Is I just heard, I haven't seen it yet. But Supposedly, it made. A lot more money than a than film that only opened in four theaters should open should right. make. So uh, okay. uh, they're going to do a wide release. But weirdly, they've said we're doing a wide release, but they haven't said any theaters yet for the wide release. So and is it already video on demand, or are they holding on that? They're going to hold it. It okay. was supposed to open VOD March twenty seventh. Right now, they said no VOD. We're wide releasing it, and then we'll do VOD later. Only they haven't announced a single theater for the 27th other than hmm. what was already planned. So if it opens – all I can say, if it opens near you and you have a chance to see it, I would recommend it. Now, it's a little bit of a divisive movie. Not everybody loves it. I loved it. I would uh, say go see it. Okay. That's how I feel about that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So – and uh, I did want to I, I did want to say since we were talking to Dan, you, you uh, uh, brought up Harry. I wanted to say big respect to Ed did that Synapse event. Warriors and, and Escape from New York. It wasn't a huge turnout, but it was a pretty solid turnout. So big respect to Ed for that. And I wanted to like encourage him to do more stuff. So hopefully awesome. there'll be more Synapse events <laughs> coming up. Uh, anything else before we wrap no, up here? That's it. We'd just like to say thank you to Dan for, for hosting awesome. us in this Thanks. awesome basement with thank all these cool video games. And being an awesome guest. Yeah, very much so. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, we're glad that you're listening. And hopefully, uh, if you live in the Philadelphia area, you'll, we'll see you on an Exhumed event very soon. Very good. Hopefully. Smoke bomb. Whew.